Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast. We are fresh off of a Washington football team win for the first time since 1991. That's right, before I was born, which was 93, Washington beats the Bengals 20-9. to I'm Josh Taylor, your host, joined by what Brian likes to call our third little side host, Adam Aniba, a.k.a. at the BNG Report on Twitter. Adam, welcome to the show uh, pleasure to have you on as always, sir. I appreciate it, my man. So yeah, Brian, he's enjoying uh, Disney World right now with his family oh, and his shit. little one. Yeah, having a, having a grand time. Uh, we were texting during the game. Uh, but definitely want to break this one down. Like I said, it's been a while since we got the win. You and me were talking about it before the game. Hopefully we can discuss right. a victory pod. It's been a little while. We kind of forgot what that felt like. Um <laughs> But this game, going into it, we had such a storyline, and then obviously with Burrow getting hurt, really just changed so much in the game. And you and me both just rewatched the game, and obviously a huge blow. And they're so dependent on Burrow too, and that showed. You know, being out as much as he was, still had 34 passes. He was on pace for 60, um, and it doesn't look good. Uh, Adam Schefter said today it was ACL and MCL, and then also some ligament damage in his knee. Um, I think kind of like what AP had, and then someone else recently um, had that same injury too, and they said usually, like, AP came back, like, freakishly, like, fast, like, he healed, like, it was Wolverine or something, um, but the timetable is usually 9 to 12 months. How much have you really enjoyed watching Burrow play this season so far, and how much has he impressed you from what your expectations were? Um, honestly, I didn't really think he would start this fast. Um, I think you got to give co- uh, credit to the Cincinnati coaches as far as, you know, what, especially against Washington, you know, the, their quick game was just, you know, carving them up. And it was just the perfect game plan. And Burrow's really the perfect quarterback to do it. So, uh, you know, to see him go down like that, man, it, you know, the, of course, fans were quickly all red, uh, you know, Washington field. But the bottom line is it was just a straight up contact hit. He got twisted yeah. under. It was a freak thing. Um, but I just hope it's not closer to the Reuben Foster situation because, you know, I have heard exactly about the structural damage. That's a concern. Um, but, you know, they've said, you know, he's a resilient guy. You know, he's the kind of guy that's going to start, you know, tomorrow morning, you know, the, the morning after his surgery, he's going to start rehabbing. So, um, you know, I really hope, you know, everything ha- works out for him. But honestly, this is going to be a long recovery for him. Um, running back, like you said, AP's a freak. But um, this is a situation where, you know, they need to be careful with him. Yeah, Wentz actually, that's who I was trying to think of. Wentz actually had a similar yes. injury. And, I mean, I think it's time to talk about how much he looks different uh, with his game. He does not look the same at all. I think we no. see Jalen Hurts sooner rather than later. Because, um, yes. I mean, that game, there were some throws where I just like, there's no way that's Carson Wentz. Like, there's got to be someone else under that helmet. I was waiting for, like, a Scooby-Doo mo- <laughs> like, moment where they just ripped the helmet off and it's yeah. – Someone completely different, but it, I mean, he looks bad. I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about that with the Cowboys game on the next episode. Um, just breaking down the NFC East, but yeah, you really just hope for the best with this guy. But um, especially so early 
uh, his, his first season. You hate to see it. Like you said, it was just a bang-bang play. Um, just got kind of tied up. It can happen at any time. I mean, like I said, it happened with Allen. It happened with Smith. Like You can blame the field as much as you want, but those legs. And it, it, you really got to think how much with you know how officiating is and how how particular and how fragile these these flags are now like you can't hit the quarterbacks but but in certain areas and it's like you have to go towards the legs now how much of that do you think is really influencing these injuries that are going on with quarterbacks i I think it actually you know in a way probably made it worse the way everybody you know because they even said i think it was john allen that when he went over, started rolling over, he knew right away and he tried to roll off, you know, of course, I'm sure it's, you know, to make sure he didn't hurt him, but don't get me wrong. It's the penalty. It's the penalty situation too, because that low hits are getting penalties. It's the high hits get penalties and the low hits get penalties. So, you know, I think what they've been doing, I think they're, you know, I'm not an expert. I think they could have done more maybe. Um, but I don't think, you know, this is a violent game. There's really no protecting players here. The whole thing, you know, with the concussion protocol and all this, this is about yeah. lawsuits. This, this is not about protecting players. It's a violent game. Um, but it's just a shame the way everything went down because I think somebody made a good point of the way quick game is starting to evolve more and more in the NFL. It's going to start to hurt pass rushers like Chase Young and other guys. Oh, yeah. I still don't think it's going to take them out of games. It's just not going to – I don't it, – it's going to be harder to see these 18, 20-sack seasons maybe. But I think Chase Young showed me in this game that – he is every bit as he was written up to be because I saw that play when he caused that fumble near the goal line with, with Burrow. Man, he was tied up on the other side of the line, ran all the way and made the hit. Man, that's what you want a guy. People that are caught up in stats and all this, man, they don't know football because real impact is him. He hustles more than anybody on this team. And what starts to happen eventually is it's, it's rubbing off on everybody. And then what you can do from there is you start to weed out the weak links. You know, Thomas Davis, weak link. You know, you yeah. start to go from there. But they have they have the talent. They have, you know, I think he's the catalyst on the defense that can really, you know, change, the, you know, the way they go. But this is a big game this week, too. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you mentioned Burrow's quick throw. That's what he does best. That's what Joe uh, Brady actually did really well with Burrow at LSU, and he's doing it with Cincinnati now and that was the big difference between the two quarterbacks with him and Finley Finley just holding on to the ball for like right. three seconds you can't do that you've got to get it out in like that 2.1 2.2 uh like Burrow likes to do this season um but you mentioned that hit you know I, I really thought about what I wanted to call this one and I think it's it's rightfully so to call this podcast Bengals and quote-unquote busts right. um just because with everything going on which was just clickbait I don't even want to give yeah. give that any kind of publicity at all but um just what chase young did i, I watched a couple of videos of seeing how excited he was talking about the play hours after the game of how like how in the moment he was with it like and how hype he was when he came off the field like you said he he was the reason bro had to go outside of the pocket in the first place he had two right. guys on him as he was going in, he closed in the pocket pocket collapsed Burrow went to the outside on that fourth down. He had to make a play. And then for Chase Young just to come completely around to the other side of the field and meet him like that at the two, insane. Right. I mean, that, that shows you what kind of freak athlete he is. Um, to me, that was my favorite play of the game just because I felt like that was just a giant middle finger. No offense to all the <laughs> uh, people who have been harsh of Chase Young saying, where's the sacks? Um, right. I feel like that one was for y'all. Um <laughs> And like you said, we're, you can check the box score. And like I've, I've called them many times, the game cast fans. Like, oh, well, Chase didn't have any sacks today. Right. He didn't do this today. Like, what a bust. Like, right. 
Let's I was hearing that a lot right before. It's so funny because <laughs> on the different feeds, I was hearing a lot of people say that right before that that forced fumble. So, you know, I think when they we see a top one, two, three pick, people want to see immediate impacts right away, and I get that. But for me, I've seen enough from Chase Young to know he's the dude. He's that guy. So I'm not concerned. You know, there was some talk about um, <clears throat> Ron Rivera actually came out and made a statement that um, – if Burrow, um, if uh, Chase Young went to Cincinnati, that they would have taken Burrow. I don't like the comment. I, I don't like the timing of it. But what it showed to me is that the respect for Burrow and the respect for Chase Young. These are two guys in the draft that one or the other, in their opinion, they couldn't have gone wrong. So, you know, it's just interesting that, that he said that with Haskins still on the roster. Yeah. Um, but, man, the, the impact that he's going to have on, the, on on this team and hopefully for the rest of the year – that's what I'm looking forward to. The talk of playoffs and all that, that's great. That's gravy. It's not, you know, I, I'm, I'm all with that, but I'm just looking for um, progression, and, and I've seen that. Um, but just one thing I wanted to mention, Matt Bowen, he actually was talking about it uh, the other day on Twitter about, you know, the quick game passing. It, it's very hard to stop, Grant. It's like, how do you do it? Washington in their zone coverage, they're hurting themselves. These are the situations where you need to go to a little tighter man coverage. Oh, yeah. That makes it a little harder. That gives you chances to get more tip balls, more contested passes. So what I do hope we're going to see from um, Del Rio going forward is maybe some little more uh, more man coverage um, mixed in because it's very heavy on the zone right now. And I, I think they're going to continue to get beat bad, especially against teams like Pittsburgh, 49ers, you know, even Dallas coming up. Just because Washington had their way with them that time, I don't. I think this will be a different game, you know. But they have to focus on mixing up. Del Rio is still being very vanilla with his calling, Blake Holland. Yeah, if you're playing zone, especially against the quick passes, you're just finding the holes in the zone. Really, that's and that's all in Burrow. Like he can do that. You just you just find right. open holes, find the weaknesses, and hit it every time. Which our linebacker core has been a weakness. Um, that's something that really stood out to me that Ron said after the game. He said that they were okay with giving away the small chunk yard plays yeah. underneath. I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, what was it, like two weeks ago, he was critical of how the linebackers have played this season, saying he wants them to be more aggressive. Do you see that as kind of condescending, or do you see that as like a, this is a challenge to the linebackers, like this is your chance to step up this week. I'm relying heavy on you. Show me what you can do. Yeah, I, I think it's probably maybe a combination of both of you know, because Seeing Thomas Davis out there, man, you have to just believe if he wasn't with Ron Rivera elsewhere and spent all the time with him and had the success, he wouldn't be on the field because he's clearly on the field for his football IQ and his experience because, man, this guy is just slow a step behind and he's a weakling. Um, I think Ron thinks that maybe exactly this is the best way to get them going. But I'll be honest with you right now. I, I really Sean Deion Hamilton is a guy coming in. I had high hopes for and, you know, Holcomb. He's actually the one guy that I think, you know, we can build off of him. Is he going to be, you know, an elite all-pro? I'm not sure yet, but to me, he's shown enough growth. But they have to really, you know, spend this offseason looking into that. But one thing I've been meant that I mentioned earlier um, today on Twitter is I really would like to see um, Kalik Hudson, um, the rookie from Michigan, involved a little more because with what teams are trying to do with the quick passing game, at least with this, you know, hybrid-type linebacker, he was the Viper role in Michigan. I think that he could probably – do more than um, you know the other linebackers are right now because they're, they're just a step behind. So I hope we see a little mixing up. We've you know we've seen a lot more settle. You know we saw my guy uh, uh, Smith Williams get his first sack. You know yeah. I, I want to see more of that uh, in the 
remaining games for the year. Yeah, I want to see more rotation in the linebacker core. I think Sean Dion Hamilton only got like one or two snaps this game. I want to see more of him and like the younger core guys. Because like you said, I had high hopes for Thomas Davis because he had a great season last year with the Chargers. Don't know what's going on, but it just doesn't look like. I think he was injured like for the beginning he looks, of the season. He, he still looks hurt to me. He looks, yeah. he looks like something's wrong. For but sure. no, I, I definitely want to see some linebacker uh, rotations, and Klee Hudson would be awesome. He's one of those guys that can get to the ball quick. Um, I think that would even help out our run defense, which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, was mu- much improved this week. Um, yeah. But next up that I had on the list was um, outside of Chase Young, I think Darby had his best game yeah. of the season. Would you agree with me? Oh, man. he he! I think if you don't have those couple plays, they probably lose the game, even oh, with yeah. the Chase Young impact and everything. You know, that dropped interception, man, it hurt. But that, that was a touchdown stopper right there, and he just made plays the whole game. So, He's really stepped up as one of the best ones. Moreland, I, I really don't know what's going on with him. I really thought we would see a big jump this year. So far, it really hasn't been. And, you know, although Fabian, you know, Moreau got that interception at the end, he, he's been, you know, virtually invisible. Yeah, he, but um, He hasn't been on the field much at all, which is kind of, no. I think he's one of our good young guys who has such a, a higher ceiling that we realize we just haven't really tested it. Right. So I, I agree with you on Moreland, too. Um, but Darby, there's two for sure, maybe three pass breakups in the end zone. Um, right. The one where Apke, <laughs> he, needed, oh, he needed a GPS to find his way back in oh, the play because he was lost. Um, I, don't, I have no idea. Like you said, well, he dropped the easiest, what looked like a punt return of an interception that right. you could get. Uh, I mean, we've been as critical as possible. And this really makes you wonder like what we would look like if Eric Reed and Ron um, – Maybe it would have got together and, and agreed right. on something. So maybe we should start looking for another cheap free agent vet safety. Um, Cameron yeah. Crow's holding down his own leads again this game in tackles, which he's done multiple times this season. Right? Do you have you noticed now? You know this. We both love Landon. Right. Have you noticed any kind of difference with him being off the field? Like, does it feel like we're missing his presence? Or is Cameron Curl really just playing that good so far? Um, that's a tough one. Because um, they've been bringing him on blitzes and stuff, which right. I've loved, and he's gotten a lot of success. He's off quicker. Of that. He's yeah. quicker. It's, you can see that easily. That's the thing. You're not going to put Landon. You're not going to put Landon Collins out on the island trying to cover him. You can do that with Curl. You know that was one thing coming in. I watched his tape and I didn't believe that. But after a couple games, you can see you can put him out there. You know, it's not he's not going to be your shutdown guy, but he's versatile enough to sit back at the free safety, strong safety, or corner. So right now, that's the difference. You have a guy in the strong safety that can actually go deep. Will he break up everything? I don't know. But I think Collins, that was definitely his weak point. I think when Collins does get back next year, if they are going to continue to roll with him, which based on salary they likely will, they need to consider him in a hybrid role. I really hope we're going to see him more within you know uh similar to maybe what we saw with thomas davis in carolina early on when they initially made that switch i'm hoping we see something like that because right now i just don't think he's having the impact enough at strong safety for us to just say you know we're set at strong safety because we're definitely not set at free safety so i think you know between now and then they hopefully figured out like you mentioned about a free agent you know other guy you know we have jeremy reeves you know i'm not saying he's better than apke but man dropping he's the interception they say, you know, national. the national analysts were saying that that has to be the easiest drop uh, interception of the year. So I, I'm done with Apke, and it, it's, you know, by default, he's going to be playing until Everett comes back. So um, I worry about 
big time this weekend. I really hope they have another idea, but I can't see this this late in the game that they're going to have somebody else at free safety. Yeah, I mean, he's such a liability at this point. We talked about how many, you know, we're still number one in pass defense, which is miraculous, but we do give up those big plays. And yes, it's been, you know, Fuller gave up two last week and, you know, it's other people, but gosh, Troy Apke, he's been responsible for a majority of them. Um, Also, one person I want to talk about that I think is going to start getting talked about more because this is going very under the, the radar. So, sacks, we had Kerrigan, Sweat, Settle, and apparently JSW and Moreland split that one um, at the end. But Tim Settle, four sacks on the season with his very, very limited role. That to me, that's impressive. Four sacks on the season when you're not seeing the field as much with as much depth we have on the D line. If you're Del Rio, how do you get another guy like that rotated in more? If he's you know four sacks on the season, like I said, kind of you want that to keep coming. But how hard is that to do when you have such a such depth at the D line? You know, I think the Ionitis injury shook things up. I think you know I had Settle as a guy to watch even before that injury happened, but. I thought, you know, we'd see him mix in more. And I thought maybe four or five for the year, let alone, you know, five, that, that many sacks through this through this short of time. Um, but I think that, and I was talking about it earlier, it, it's, it's a unique, not really a unique situation. I think we saw with the 49ers when they uh, made the move, traded their defensive tackle to Indianapolis. Um, they had to draft a guy the following year, Kinlaw. But with, with Washington, I think the beauty of it, I think Ioannidis is the guy. He's your future. He's your future interior. The question is, you know, where does that leave Deron Payne and John Allen? Because to me, settling your, and Ioannidis are your building blocks in the middle. I like Deron Payne, but has he done enough to be that dude? And John Allen, I'm, uh, I'm a, as we are big Alabama fans, I don't want to see him go. But I think that's a luxury right now, now that you have all these guys on the line. And like you mentioned, the depth, I think, you know, Jason Smith-Williams, he's a guy that I'm not going to go too far with, you know, being delusional about what he can do. But I think he definitely replaces uh, Ryan Kerrigan, but he actually offers some interior help as well that Kerrigan really couldn't do. Um, So I think when you have a guy like Settle that's able to, you know, come in, he had a total body transformation. You know, he looks quicker, stronger. Um, You look at the tape, you know, even when they try to chip him, you know, give him a double, he gets through that quicker than probably anybody other than Ioannidis on the team. So I think he's extremely underrated. I'm really looking for him to have, you know, another, you know, three to four sacks for the rest of the year. And I think he's going to have a big impact in the run game. That's another thing I really like about him. Yeah, four pressures, three hurries, one sack. I'm sure you remember uh, back when he was in high school, heavily recruited Alabama, chose Tech. Instead, that one hurt. Yep. <laughs> that was yep, about the same yep. time we got Deshaun Han um, and a couple other Virginia boys. I was hoping we would add him to it. Uh, but definitely, that's that's something that's going to be questioned on the offseason is how can you afford Kerrigan with his 12 mil, Chase Young, Ioannidis, Payne, and Allen all coming up on their right. deals. Right. Ioannidis already got paid, but you got the guys that we just drafted with Payne and Allen getting their new right. deals. You got to figure right. out what you're going to do, and Tim Settle might be one of those guys who are like, "Hey, we can uh, we can afford to do it now," him. just yeah. like they did they did with Ioannidis, gave him that three year extension. And even though Ioannidis will be back, they're going to have to think about an extension with him next year because I think it's through 2022 for Ioannidis. But you know, doing the same thing with Settle, that would be a really savvy move right now to lock it down. And then you know you're going to have Chase Young and Sweat on their rookie deals for a little bit. So really, yeah. you know, your immediate issue is is, is Allen. As far as Kerrigan, I, I don't. 
think you bring him back. And Deron Payne, that's the guy. That's the guy that you're looking at for the next year too. Is he going to be your, you know, your centerpiece that you're going to pay big time for? It's really hard to say because I've been on that, you know, don't pay Kerrigan that much train, but he leads the team in sacks. And like you, if you can bring him back on a good price, do it, but yeah. not on ten, eleven million. Ten, yeah. To me, like the lines are like seven, eight, kind of yeah. around that year because we do have so much cap. Uh, but things right. will change coming up. Uh, right. But I've been critical of the D-line's performance when it comes to the uh, rush defense in the last few weeks. I mean, we were talking about Gallman, Alfred Morris having big games. And to me, this was like their week. I was like, all right, Joe Mixon's out. Y'all, this is, this is like, y'all have to show up. If you, if you let Gio run for 100 on y'all, like, I'm, I'm coming at your heads. So they only gave <laughs> up 70 total rushing yards. Um so to me, they pass. And it was yeah. kind of surprising because Pirine had five rushes. I forgot he was even on the Bengals until the game. <laughs> uh, you know, Gio's not that full-on running back. Obviously, he's more of a receiving 50-50 split back. Um, but still, with Finley being in, I expected them to kind of run the ball more, even though they were down because it's, it's Ryan Finley. I'm sorry, right. but still. Right. Nine, nine rushes, 18 yards. Only average two rushes. Are two yards per rush with Geo. What's your grade on the D line when it comes to the rushing game, and do you expect that to continue next week when we have Zeke? I I, I do, but I, I think what even though Dallas might want to establish the run early on, I think that they'll go to the pass early on just because I think you know you see it on film that Washington is susceptible. They can attack their linebackers, they can attack their back end, um, but. As far as the overall grade this week, um, I, I, I was impressed. You know, I, I'll give him, you know, a, a solid B. You know, I saw some things that I really liked, but I definitely, when I rewatched the game, I saw some things I didn't like. You know, a lot of miscues, you know, uh, a lot of, there was a couple situations where you can see at the line that they were a little confused. So, you know, the overall, you know, final output, I love it. But I really think if Burrow was in that game, if he stayed, yeah. I think we would have seen a lot more runs. And P. Ryan, he, you know, we slept on him, but you know he was starting to churn out a little bit, and they just went, you know, went away from the run. So I think that although they did hold up, I think there was potential for it to, you know, possibly get out of hand if Burrow threw an, another touchdown or two, and then that's when the, the they would have really pounded with the run, and it would have been uh, a lot of tired bodies out there. But you know, a solid B for that performance for sure. Yeah, that was the one question that I had for you was like with the way that the defense performed in that first half with Burrow. Obviously, he had 203 yards, and he was well on his way to having a great day. Do you think they were doing enough to still win the game, or did it kind of have that feeling of eventually Burrow is just going to – they're going to finish these drives. They're not going to miss field goals uh, with Bullock. They're going to you know finally get points on the board. Did it have that feel to it? And then, you know, obviously all that energy is getting sucked out with the Burrow um, injury. Like, do you think that really was responsible for the way that we performed in the second half? Or how, how would you really assess that? It's third and long. The quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score. Let's see what he does. He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble, and the ball is going the other way. That one's going to hurt for a while. What in the world was he thinking? Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the Lawnmower 3.0 offense 
to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe clean cut up the sideline with the cutting edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. If he would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0, there is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's going to be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches, grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire cart with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt the result will be a touchdown. Honestly, yeah, I, I think it was <laughs> that was everything to the, to Cincinnati. Um, you know, what the granted the points were on the board, but I kind of feel like he was just lulling them to sleep. He could have just kept, you know, picking them apart, picking them apart, and that defense would have just been tired. And I think if that continued through the third quarter, like I said, I think you would have seen, you know, him throw a couple long touchdowns. They could have really, you know, took advantage of us, and then they would just pounded the rock. So I, I do, unfortunately, I think they would have been in trouble if he continued to play the whole game because I think if we've seen with Burrow, he's a rhythm guy. He would have just, you know, it would have just kept going. I think, you know, that would have been a 350-plus game for him if he stayed in because, you know, he was just killing us, you know, with the mesh, with the meshes, the curls, you know, the slant, everything, you know, that they basically, you know, had no answer for because they were attacking those linebackers. He knew exactly where to go with it um, because basically the, the key to the quick game is, you know, you can try to be, but if you don't understand what the defense is really doing, the quick game is, a, is an easy way to get a, you know, a knockball pick tip in the air interception that's what a lot of people don't understand about how the quick game can work so you know burrow found a hole and he exposed it so i think it could have got ugly if he stayed in yeah their offense has been rolling the last few weeks um he was 22 for 34 203 in that short period of time like i said on pace for 60 which is nuts um but tyler boyd he has to start getting more recognition he's one of the top slot receivers in the league i mean that one catch where he showed his radius um to his right side it was early in the game but good lord like that was a that was a catch yeah that was a big boy catch right there (laughs) it was almost as nice as the cd lamb uh falling back opposite side catch which was filthy also um but taking a look at our quarterback alex smith you know someone that we can we've you know been kind of riding the fence on yeah he had 300 yards but it wasn't pretty like we just we've been expecting more this one had that game manager just gonna do whatever i have to kind of feel to it i mean we like i said joe burrow had 34 pass attempts alex smith finished 17 for 25 for only 166 yards a touchdown that one interception that was deflected up in the air are you being critical of Alex Smith, or was it really just we knew what was going to happen in the second half with Burrow being out, and we really didn't have to rely on Alex Smith to win the game because we finally weren't down at halftime and having to right. have a comeback. And we started to lean more on the rushing game finally, which I'm excited to talk about. But with Alex Smith, are you critical of how he played, or was it just like a, that's just how the game kind of went feel? No, this is this is what Alex Smith can do. If if he's if he's throwing forty something passes a game and he's getting three hundred plus yards, I I'm pretty much going to guarantee you it's in a losing effort. Um, it's being down multiple, being down yeah. double digits in the fourth quarter. You just you know this is going back to from when he's come out of college. You know his time in Kansas City, everywhere he's a game manager. So with those kind of statistics, 
along with the 100 plus uh, rushing day that's the recipe for you know him to you know win the game but what I did see from Turner is I did see him mix it up with the jet sweeps I'm seeing stuff now that he was doing in Carolina I've been really critical that I think he's just been hesitant you know maybe it's the offensive line I don't know what it is but um, Alex Smith I think he deserves credit for this one because you know there was that one play to Cam Sims when he was on the go- uh, right on the goal line. That was that could have really turned the game around if Cincinnati got home on us. And you know he took that ball and he threw that probably faster than any quarterback I've seen on the on Washington for the past five years. That was the quickest pass I've seen. So I have to give him that. That resulted in the first down. That was a big you know people may not look at that play, but that to me was a game changer late because if they get to you know get a safety, get a fumble, get home, that changes the game. Um, so I definitely give Alex Smith, you know, a solid, uh, you know, a solid C for that performance. But I think from here on out, these are the kind of games he needs to have. One interception, we're going to have to live with it. But I don't think we're going to be able to have too many more games um, with more than one turnover and they're still going to win. But if he continues this, the run game gets going. Um, Gibson, is he's really showing right now that you know defense, Cincinnati was, is a decent defense and he really – he exposed them, and he had well over 100, but, you know, he lost some yards in garbage <laughs> time when yeah. he went ran backwards. Um, but, man, I'm really loving, you know, his out. But I think we have a star in the making as far as a weapon. Still not going to call him a strictly running back because I think when Turner really sees what he can do and he has a, a true training camp, they're just going to have him, Marshall Falk, all, you know, all over the place, I think, when they get it. But um, I'll give Alex Smith a solid C, and, you know, hopefully we can see this kind of game against Dallas. But I'm telling you, Dallas is going to be – really aggressive against them this week because you know they're going to they're really put a lot of attention on Terry but they're going to be really aggressive and attack them so th- this will be an opportunity for you know those short passes to, and I'm calling I'm calling it right now Gibson's going to have a, a 50 plus yard screen pass for a touchdown this week oh. or just break one. He, he's, he's going to break one this week because he was so close but he's going to break one this week it's a little teaser for the episode tomorrow night <clears throat> discussing the uh, Cowboy game on Thanksgiving uh, but one thing I did notice that I like that Alex Smith did this game, and he's done pretty regularly, and we kind of talked about it. Um, for the, first off, the, well, something he did this game was he actually started to go downfield a little bit more. I think he threw it beyond 30 yards twice. And I was kind of like, oh, right. wow, okay. Um, obviously that one dime to uh, Terry, who continues to do it all. I mean, we know he's a yak god, but the position, like, that's just – he's a complete package. Like, you can't – Terry, he hopefully he stays here for the rest of his life and just retires right. like he's our Fitzgerald. But I liked how Alex got aggressive, finally let it rip downfield. He's been doing it with Cam Sims a little bit, but this week he really let it fly. Um, and then something I told you earlier was with Haskins, I was critical because if you look at like all the sacks in the beginning of the season, and oftentimes he would move when he didn't have to. Right. And he would move the wrong way. He would right, go right into, into pressure. pressure. Yeah, he, he would just kind of fold and make the wrong decision. And you have to think about how difficult that is. If you're rolling into pressure and you're trying to read the defense, go through all your reads at the same it's, time, like yeah. you're not going to have much success doing that. No. Um, so I think Alex Smith has been really efficient. I think he's been yeah. – I, I hate to label people game manager, but I feel like that's what he is. He's not yeah. going to be our right. Rodgers where he's throwing – 60 yard dimes to Devontae Adams like don't ever expect that out of him but we just want someone who can be serviceable win games and if you want to win the NFC East maybe he can do it for you um but outside of that I I did like the little uh QB sneak with Logan Thomas I thought that was kind of cool (laughs) been waiting on something like that 
Um, and then obviously with Morgan Moses playing left tackle uh, fully this game again with Sharp on the right side, they've been holding it down. Yeah. We have been critical of the offensive line early in the season, and right now it looks like it's doing exactly what we're hoping it would. And I think, you know, I think that really does kind of play with the whole Haskins rolling out too soon, rolling into pressure. Like, you don't, if you don't know where your quarterback is, you don't know where your protection needs to be. Like, you know what the pocket's supposed to look like, and Alex Smith does a good job staying where he needs to be and moving to help his line out and then also deliver the pass. So offensive line lately has looked great, and that translates to your running back. Our guy, like you said, Antonio Gibson, a.k.a. the weapon, um, uh, this guy, obviously, we've been talking about him since before April um, when we did that whole draft series, uh, saying how much he would fit in this system. We're really seeing that now. Right. Fourth straight week with a touchdown. Had the Kodak Black grill in. <laughs> I was feeling the vibe. I know you was were. Great. I was great. Loved it. Eight total rushing touchdowns on the season. Leads all rookie running backs. Yes. Yes, quietly going vying for that rookie of the year spot. You never, you know, and forget two weeks, a week ago, you would have thought, you know, even though he's had a bunch of touchdowns, you know, he he's contributing. But seriously, just look at everybody else right now. He doesn't have the yards that everyone else does. But if he continues on this pace, it's going to be pretty damn hard to keep him out of, you know, at least that top three discussion if he's going to finish with, you know, 12, 13, 14 touchdowns. And I, I think he's definitely going to do it. McKissick, I've yeah. loved the way he played, but when it comes down to it and they're getting, you know, close to the red zone, they're realizing get the ball in Gibson's hands because look how hard he's to take down. It's like he, this guy is just getting going. So I think they're going to start to ride him more and more as the as the season goes. We'll see. You're going to see a little barber at the end there. But it's the McKissick and, and uh, Gibson show. I'm, I'm hoping we're going to see more two-back sets because I love them in together. We're going to talk about that, too, with Peyton Barber. Um, but I, I, just, I don't want to ruin the mood. I want to just continue right. this high Stay on Stay with a victory Monday, bro. Yeah, but I, don't, I really don't want to talk about, talk about Barber and his role and why he even has a role. Um, but with Gibson, I put up the next-gen stats on Twitter at JoshTaylor underscore 21 for Gibson. And like I said, it seems like every week his vision's getting better. I like how he does these little shifts through the line kind of just says, Oh, excuse me. feel like defenders. Like he's just like, let me just slide through this little spot real quick. Um, his, his vision is getting much better. 16 carries and on 50% of them went beyond five yards. Like yeah, that's, that's great. That's everything you want out of your running back. So this is my question for you. Eight rushing touchdowns. Zero receiving touchdowns. Is that surprising Ooh. to you that he has zero? Shocked. Really? Shocked. I, I really, you know, I don't understand how you have a guy that's a, that runs four three nine is that big, is a, just, you know, a yak monster, and you're not just trying to, you know, dial up screens. You're trying to just get him, you know, in space because I just think you're in most situations you're going to have a linebacker on him if you, if you just send him out, you know, just send him out to the flat, you know, pre-snap in motion. You're going to get mismatches all day. Why they haven't done more of that, I, like you said, I, I am shocked. Eight touchdowns, zero receiving. That's got to change. That that has to change for, for the betterment of those offense because Terry McLaurin can only do so much. You know, we've seen Cam Sims is a guy I wrote about. You know, he's definitely been a good compliment, and I think we're going to see more of him you know, as the season goes by, but I think this is Gibson's opportunity to really be that, that, you know, that third guy in the receiving game, just, you know, hope Turner, you know, isn't afraid to really just start dialing it up. Cause I think, you know, AG is just a big play win to happen. Just like Terry. 
And he's had some big catches. I'm looking at his breakdown now. 10, 13, 21, 18. He had the 40. Um, Target-wise... Two, four, three, five, 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 three. So it's not terrible. I mean, it's all dump offs, though. It's all yeah. dump offs. It's all sideline throws. One's going to break loose. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Send this guy in the middle. You keep sending him sideline to sideline and making it, he's battling the sideline and the defender. You know what I mean? Put him in space. Let him get out of the middle. Just look at that. You know, you, we, we, we've seen it exhaustingly. The Memphis film, so many of his big plays came in the middle of the field, man. They just need to. Just get, you know, just start dialing up. I really hope against Dallas, you know, they have some good linebackers. So, you know, a lot of people might not think this is the matchup, but shoot, I, I think he can blow by any of their linebackers if they get him open in space. So I hope we're going to see more of that because I think if you add that and you have Terry, in time you start to get a quarterback going, you know, you direct your, you know, your offense as far as game management with um, Alex Smith. There's no reason that he cannot be a 250, you know, passer for the rest of the season simply based on yak because we've seen it in college we've seen it with Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State you know you can have a very um productive offense with passes under 10 if you have guys that can't that do have the talent to break them and I think it's been a long time probably since Santana Moss and some of the other guys we've had but it's been a long time that we could really say that with a couple of our guys but again it's always about the quarterback and we're still in limbo with that situation regardless of what happens with the rest of the year yeah, I really want to ask you with Gibson. Like, if he does continue this, though, and say he finishes, like, 17 rushing touchdowns and zero receiving touchdowns, are you starting to lean more to kind of, you know, swaying him into more of a true running back and just kind of, you know, throwing in some, like, receiving plays here and there? Are you still going to stick with that whole receiving, you know, montage that he has you know coming from memphis or you are you just kind of saying like all right we need a true running back we need a running game gibson i know you were a wide receiver slash running back at memphis but this is what we need you to do in the nfl are you still kind of sticking with him as a uh, wide receiver also i want to see if if you're going to do that for a full season you know it's been sprinkled in here and there but if 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 we're going to do that let me 11 1200 yards rushing he can maintain that, you know, 4.4 to 5 yards of carry. Sure, I, I could definitely be like, you know what, Turner, he's getting the best out of him. Maybe this is the best way to use him. But still, I've just seen too many big plays from him from his film, you know. And like I said, I always go back to even the Juco level. He's just a natural hands catcher. So great, he can be a good running back, but he's already a tremendous receiver. Um, so definitely, you know, if he continues like this, why not? But I think you're, I, I think why limit him, you know, Turner's in Carolina with McCaffrey. I think that that would be absurd for him to do, and I don't think there's any plans to do that, to be honest with you. I think they'll slowly incorporate more and more. I think he'll be more involved in the receiver room, but I think it's definitely a case of them maybe not wanting to overload him. I do believe that. I agree with you. And my last question, kind of segueing into tomorrow night's episode, previewing the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving, which we were all excited about. That's like the tradition. That's that's what I look forward to. The parade, food, football. That's yep, in that yep. order. <laughs> so with what you've seen so far this season, with the NFC East and with how Alex Smith has performed, on a percentage-wise, what is your confidence that Alex Smith can lead this team as it is to an NFC East championship? 50%, but let me profess that. <laughs> okay. um, if the division wasn't as bad as it was, I would drop that probably under 20%. 
it's based it's because of what's going on with the other teams. Like you mentioned Carson Wentz before. That guy, he's not the same. Talk about bust. I don't think it was a bust. I just think his injuries just took a toll. It's adding up. You know, we'll we'll see the Oklahoma kid in time. It won't be this year as far as, you know, a permanent basis because I think once they do that, there's no going back. Um, the Giants, man, they, they, they'd be Washington twice. So, you know, they can do everything. Um, this game against Dallas, to me, this shows everything because if you sweep Dallas, I think that your percentages are going to probably jump to, you know, 65 70 percent because i think everybody thinks that they're the ones standing in the way um and then it will come back to the giants you know can they do anything against any other teams because they have been you know competitive in a few games so um but yeah for right now 50 percent seems about right to me yeah those those giants games are going to come back to haunt us no they doubt will. about it but week 17 you got washington versus philly dallas versus the giants like that's that's just setting up for a giant week. Like that's the two games that are going to decide who goes and represents the NFC East in the playoffs with their little six six win record. More so it than could like be five. A, I think it could be five. five. I, I agree. That's that's got to be the lowest of all time. Like the lowest oh, I could man. think of was when the Rams were like seven and nine or something like that a few years back. But good lord, that was bad. But Adam, <laughs> we got the victory. Short week. It's good to have this. I mean it. It's it's very deflating going into a short week against your rivals right. on Thanksgiving if you come off a loss. Coming off of a win like this, even though Burrow wasn't out that second half, do you still feel like that gives us the momentum to play Dallas on Thanksgiving? I think they're hyped. I do. I think Dallas, I'm sure if you saw the media thing with their coach, he was doing like a comedian. I think it was like a Gallagher routine, some nonsense. I shared it on Twitter. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I think Washington, I think they come in with a lot more hype. Um, I think they're going to ride, you know, with Chase Young, you know, the Ohio State guys and, you know, what, what Terry's doing. I think between that, I think they'll come out and they'll really bring it. It's just going to be how Dallas is going to attack us because, you know, we mentioned before, if they really, they're going to try to use Andy Dalton in the quick game, that'll be interesting. That'll be really interesting because he is nowhere as quick as Burrow. He is nowhere as quick as any of these other guys that have you know destroyed Washington with the quick game. So um, it, it'll 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 definitely be interesting to see. And I think we're going to learn we're going to learn a lot after Thanksgiving. But even with the loss, you know, we're we're still going to go to December being alive in the playoff race. So you know, whatever happens, you know, we'll get some turkey, we'll get full, and you know, we'll 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 definitely see a good game. I think it's going to be a good defensive performance as far as. If uh, Washington can, you know, put up the points in a you know, possible shootout, that's my concern with Alex Smith. And for all the Tinkathoners out there, uh, Jets 1, Jacksonville 2, Dallas 3, Cincy 4, Washington at pick number 5. So <laughs> Cincinnati is not a threat to us quarterback-wise. Um, neither is Dallas. Um, but the only thing with Dallas is yeah, that worries me. If, if they trade back for a team that wants to come up and take one of our guys, I'm going to be highly upset. Um, so I still obviously want to beat them, but like hopefully they can push out some wins at the end of the season and we just somehow finish below them. Um, <laughs> but Jets, Jacksonville, for sure, taking a quarterback. Um, and me and Adam also lined up for December 4th, Jordan Reed from the Draft Network. Yes, sir. Dude, so excited yes. about that. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance episode. Hype oh, about man. that. Can't wait for that. we got a lot coming up, but this for sure. Thanksgiving. Thank God there's a break before the Steelers. Yeah. 
that that's what I said. I, I said earlier on Twitter. I said, you know what? You know, as ugly as it can possibly be, the Pittsburgh game is what I'm really looking forward to because I think that's the best matchup for the rest of the year. And man, if they can be halfway decent on the other side of the ball, you know, don't expect to win, but that would definitely, I think, go a long way. Uh, you know, going forward for the, you know, even if they missed, the, they're gonna miss the playoffs. That to me, that. That's a good uh, barometer game for them for next for uh, 2021. Just show up and show that you still got it in you, like right. especially against the probably will still be the only undefeated team. Like I think they'll be undefeated by then still. So just yep. show up, show something, show that you actually care about the game. Obviously, I don't expect us to win that one, um, especially being at Pittsburgh. No fans. I think there's a few fans there actually that they're allowing. I mean, yeah. half, half of Heinz uh, Field is louder than a full FedEx field for sure. <laughs> That's a, yeah, by then, man, there's, there's going to be empty field. Everyone's going to be an empty state by so, December. So. I'll tell you that, bro. <laughs> I agree. Awesome. Well, yeah. we will drop another episode tomorrow night. The content still coming through. Cowboys, Thanksgiving. It's going to be a good one. Obviously, Dan Snyder has been ready for uh, Thanksgiving for a couple months now. <laughs> Hopefully we can win this one and catapult us into the lead for the NFC East. Adam, appreciate it, sir. It's been a good one, and we will be back tomorrow night. Happy Victory Monday, bro. Talk to you tomorrow. Awesome. See you all later. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.